Everything F1, driven by fans, for the fans. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller. Today alongside me, we've got from the Everything F1 team, Joe, we've got Tom, and we're here to chat to you about the up-and-coming Belgian Grand Prix at Spa-Francorchamps. Before we head on to the preview, I just want to tell you that you can find us on all social medias. We are at JoinEF1 on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We've also got a Discord server and you can also visit our shiny website, www.everythingf1.com. And if you like what you're hearing with the podcast, you could hit the subscribe button right now so you get all of our podcasts straight away when they drop. And you could be the first of our listeners. And if you really like what you're hearing, give us a five-star review and we'll give you a shout out on one of our future podcasts. So without further ado, let's talk about the Belgian Grand Prix. Okay, Tom, can you tell us about the race at Spa? What are we expecting this weekend? Can you tell us about the weekend? What are we expecting? So this weekend, Tiller, we are back. F1 is back and we are at Spa, everybody's favourite track. Um, a, a lap around Spa is seven kilometres and the race distance itself is 308 kilometres. We have 44 laps and the lap record was set by none other than Mr. Walter Bottas of Mercedes back in 2018, where he did a 146.2 around the famous circuit. The first GP was held in way back in 1950. Now, Spa has obviously seen a couple of different layouts since then. Mm-hmm. And for tyre selection this weekend, we have the C2, the C3, and the C4. Mm. So this weekend, you can catch the action over three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Friday, as usual, we have FP1 and FP2 at 10.30am and 2pm respectively. Each session is one hour. Then on Saturday, we have FP3 at 11am, qualifying as usual at 2pm, and then race on Sunday starting at 2pm. Excellent. Uh, And it's a race, as you mentioned, that it's one of everyone's favourites. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure you're looking forward to it. How about you, Joe? Are you looking forward to the weekend? I am. It feels like it's been forever since we've seen a race. I know it's only been, you know, a few weeks, but for me, it actually feels like a good year. So I can't wait. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been like the off season. I know, again. it's weird, frantic. But yeah, I'm very excited. I'm just, I want to see cars on track. Yes. Uh, not long to go, not long to go. Tom, can you tell me uh, who, who you're looking forward to seeing drive this weekend? And uh, is, it, is it your old faithful Max Verstappen? Of course, it's my old faithful Max Verstappen. Uh, what has been effectively his home circuit for the last sort of five or six years since he's been in mm-hmm. F1, obviously, you know, because obviously Max was born in Belgium himself, and his Belgian mother, Sophie Humphen, but um, but he is he obviously races under a Dutch flag, which we'll be going to next week. But yes, very, very much looking forward to seeing Max on, on track. And I'm just looking forward to seeing all the cars back on track, seeing them take a rouge, hopefully flat out, absolutely ready on. It's just going to be great, isn't it? It is. It, it always is. We always get a, a nice race uh, at Spa. Um, so what do you think about the competition? Does the track favour the Mercedes this weekend or does it favour the Red Bull this weekend? 
I think he's going to favour the Red Bull this weekend. Mm. I wouldn't have said that in years gone by because obviously Mercedes has been such a force to be reckoned mm-hmm. with. But Spa has certainly got elements where it's very, very power unit dependent. It, you know, if, if you look at some of the sort of corners and some of the straights and bits, it's got that obviously is what makes up a track corners and straights. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, but that Honda power unit this year, which Honda obviously brought forward from 2022 into this year with a complete redesign inside and out. It, you know, they've given Mercedes a really good run for their money this entire season. And up until about Silverstone, they had the measure of Mercedes. So it'll be interesting to see which team's going to come out on top. Now, I'm not saying which driver, I'm saying which team, because obviously it depends on how the second driver in each team plays along with their, with their team's wishes. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Of course it does. But... You know, as you said, uh, Hamilton has uh, overtaken in the championship now. So Max is really going to look, I think, to to dominate the weekend uh, and kind of stamp his authority back on the championship. What do you think, uh, Joe? Um, no, I I actually think Max is going to do really well this weekend. I was kind of looking mm. at it, so I hate to, I hate to be the one that says that. I really do. However, um, weather this weekend is. Looking, I know, I know. Now you've mentioned it, it'll be fine. This is what it, I'm was, for. it was either going to be well, that or George yeah, Russell that would points. Go but no, whether it is, there's a few stations that are saying that it's, it's going to look like rain most of the weekend. Now, we both know Lewis and Max are both amazing on it. However, to my memory's sake, and bearing in mind, my memory isn't the best, Spa tends to be quite heavy on the the tyres, and we all know that Mercedes don't do overly well when it comes to those aspects. So when you add all that in, you add in how amazing Max is driving and just how well that Red Bull car is going. I think this is going to be a good weekend for him to claw back some of that that gap that he needs. Uh, yeah, well, absolutely. There's uh, an eight eight point deficit mm-hmm. now uh, in the championship, so uh, it's it's very feasible that he could be coming out of the uh, race uh, back in the lead or level pegging with uh, Lewis Hamilton. Indeed, um, so it's going to be interesting to see. Let's let's hope it it serves up a good race for the two championship contenders. Um, now let's talk about some of the team. Well, the teams and the drivers further down the field. Um, McLaren, McLaren, uh, Tom, do you think they're going to have a great weekend? I hope they will. Um, I think certainly one half of the garage is going to have a good weekend. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be the Australian <laughs> side of the garage. Um, yeah, no. Um, again, uh, you know, I, I, McLaren seems to have been stronger all tracks this year. You know, you know the, the, there's not really any races where I thought, oh, God, they've been absolutely nowhere. Um, you know, granted they have, you know, they didn't have much luck in Hungary, obviously, with Norris getting taken out and then Danny Rick mm. just doing what Danny Rick now does, as opposed to sending down the brakes, <laughs> you know, just drives around in two gear. Um, yeah, it, it should be a good weekend for uh, for, for McLaren. I think, you know, it, it especially given that I don't think Ferrari will do as well this weekend, given both teams that level on points. I think they're both on 191 or 190 something points. It's something it's something around that. Mm. Um it'll be good for McLaren to really take a sort of step ahead in, in the constructors. And also Lando Norris does have Belgian in his family. I believe on his mother's side there is uh, I believe his mother is his mother's mother is from Belgium or someone like that. So the distant claim that it's a bit of a home race for Norris. Mm. 
Absolutely. And the fans love him anywhere he goes anyway. So uh, it, it'll always be good to have uh, uh, Lando Norris up in high scoring points. Um, well, let's talk about those Ferraris that you did mention with uh, Joe there. Um, Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz have been doing great, you know, especially of late uh, the last few races. Do you think they're going to be as consistent at uh, this race? Tom seemed to think maybe not, but what what do you think, Joe? Um, you know what I think. I think the second half of the season they're going to come. They're going to come back. I, I don't know why. Right? I, I might be completely mm. wrong. But my gut's just saying to me that they've learned a lot in this first half of the season. I think, given the last few seasons they've had, they've learned a lot of what they can't do and what they shouldn't do. Um, and I don't know. I just have this gut feeling that they're going to come back in, which. I mean, we all we all are McLaren fans, so we're all kind of hoping that they're going to take take it at the end of the year. However, it would be nice to see that fight between them, and it not, you know, we've got this amazing um, battle up front, you know, between Mercedes mm. and Red Bull, between Lewis and Max. So for that to continue all the way down the grid would be amazing. So I don't know if maybe this is more of a willing Ferrari to come back and still, you know, keep that fight between them and Mercedes going. Or I don't know, but mm-hmm. I, I just feel like there's there's more to them. There's more coming yet. Let's hope so. I, I think so. I think you know they've got a, probably one of the better driver pairings mm-hmm. on the grid. Um, so I, I think you know watch this space in terms of performance and, and consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's talk about then Tom um, the Alpine team uh, with with Fernando Alonso uh, and Esteban Ocon. Obviously Ocon coming off a, a previous win. How do you think they're going to perform? Yeah, I think Alpine are going to go pretty well this this weekend. It's a shame for Ocon that, that we're not doing back to back, or you know, even sort of like back to back, but with a week's rest like we usually have, because um, obviously he had that quite sensational win in in Hungary. You know, he'd be riding some pretty good energy coming into this weekend, mm. but unfortunately, no. Um, that's you know, that's actually not going to happen because he just had three four weeks off. There was also a bit of luck involved in that, I guess, wasn't there? Oh yeah, definitely. But like anything, you in life, you you play the hand that you worked mm-hmm. out, um, and, um, and 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 yeah, you, you know, you know, perhaps Ocon arguably didn't deserve to win, but he got into that position and he held the win, yeah. which which we which we covered off at the time. But this this weekend, um, yeah, um, you know, I'd, I'd I'd imagine I'd like to see both Alpines in the top ten in both in qualifying and in the points. It'd be nice to see them both up there. Mm. Um, you know, I imagine we'll see them up there at the expense of probably both Ferraris and one of the McLarens. Um, yeah, they they could get solid team points this weekend. Okay, let's uh, let's hope so. Um, Aston Martin, then Joe, uh, what what do you think? Sebastian Vettel's had a good form of late. Um, Obviously, he, his teammate may be just slightly on the back foot a little bit uh, against each other, but you know they're, they're they're doing better than they did at the start of the season. No, I totally agree. Again, this is another um, mid-team where I think the pairings actually working quite well, um, mm. especially for where they are in the grid, where they expect to be. You can see that they're they're definitely learning. They're getting experience. Um, you know, with being a working team. And I, they do work well together as well. It's not mm-hmm. just all for one. Um, Seb is, it, it just astonishes me how much he is coming back into Blossom. And I am loving watching it, absolutely loving it. I am so glad that he has had this opportunity, even if he finishes his career at the end of this season, 
to come back and you know be the driver that he we all know that he is. Um, mm. So I'm absolutely adore watching the two of them. Um, and then you add in, if you look across the entire season, Seb's been one of the highest, I think one of the highest rankings, if you would like, um, for overtakes mm. throughout the entire, you know, the season so far. He's right up there for, you know, doing the most overtakes uh, throughout races and stuff like that. So it just shows he's really, he's coming along and he's he's kind of, I think he's settled really well in there. I think he's feeling a, a lot less less chained than he did when yeah. he was in uh, the Ferrari. Um, exactly. Obviously, the, the weight the weight of the pressure and the mm-hmm. obviously the, the prestige of the Ferrari team maybe got him down. Yeah, his personality alone, even after the races, you're seeing <clears throat> excuse me, you're seeing a happy Seb again, which we all mm. love. So it's great. Absolutely, I completely agree. Um, cutting back to Tom, then let's talk about the AlphaTauri team uh, of Pierre Gasly and Yuki Tsunoda. Um, what what do you think might happen now? They've uh, they've gone away for three weeks. They've had their three weeks holiday. Pierre Gasly's performing, you know, amazingly, uh, really uh, with the machinery that he's got. Obviously, he had a couple of uh, couple of less uh, a couple of lower performances uh, in the season, um, but as a whole, he's been pretty consistent. It's his teammate, obviously Yuki, that that needs to kind of pull his finger out a bit. Well, what can you say about him, Tom? I think Pierre Gasly is again going to have a good weekend. Mm. He's he's riding sort of such a good like wave this year. If you like, it's, ever since he he left Red Bull, I'm going to use the phrase "left Red Bull" because yeah, we all know what happened <laughs> there. And it's and it's it's actually two years ago to this race that that the sort of demotion, if you like, was was confirmed and the the Gasly returned to AlphaTauri. Mm. And then it's obviously two years ago this weekend that he lost one of his best friends in that tragic accident in the Formula 2 yeah. race. So I do wonder if Dancy is going to, going to be perhaps a little bit emotionally charged this weekend as well. You know, we've we've all heard sort of how emotional he is on track um, and, and, and certainly with the radio. Um, but like you said, Taylor, he has just been so consistent this year. You know, you know, he is just he is just Mr. Consistent. Mm. Um, he, you know, he, he's just getting solid results week in, week out. Yeah, you know, he, he's had something like the most sixth place finishes this year, or, or, or something like that. Bearing in mind he's in an Alpha Tari, that is pretty good going. Um, as for, as for Yuki Sonoda, he just needs to keep his head down and, and have a clean weekend. He doesn't need to be making headlines or anything. He just needs to be. Competent, he needs to keep it out of the barriers. Whereas Spire is famously unforgiving, and he just needs to have a solid weekend without telling his engineer where to go and without shouting and screaming like a seven-year-old. <laughs> Although I pretty, I, I quite enjoy that. To be honest with you, <laughs> shows shows a human side that I'm sure even oh, some yeah, other absolutely. fans like to hear as well. Um, well, let's move on to a different team then. Uh, we've got a few left. Uh, we'll go to uh, let's go to the Alfa Romeo um, with the old hands of uh, old and wise hands of Kimi Raikkonen, uh, and obviously then we've got Antonio Giovinazzi. How do you think Ooh. they're going to do this weekend, Joe? Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, so Kimi, oh, we all know I just totally adore that man, and he mm. could be right at the back of the pack, and I'd still say he's going to win because <laughs> he's <laughs> that good. He is utterly amazing. I mean, it's Kimi. He. Mm. It doesn't matter what he does in a race because everyone loves the fact that he's just loving life. And that is yeah. it. He is there to 
do what he loves and he is not apologising for it and he doesn't care where he comes in. And to be honest, we all love that about him. We, you know, you don't expect anything more or less. He'll do what he can do. Um, mm-hmm. It's reliable hands. Giovinazzi, um, oh, do you know what? I always forget he even exists. He's one of those funny drivers where if you were to ask me who needs to up their game in order to keep their seat next year, I would say him and then maybe take it back again. He is quite consistent. He does what he's supposed to do. Um, and he is driving an alpha. Exactly. At the end of the day. That's what you've got to remember. But I don't know what it is about him. Maybe it's maybe his social media presence needs to be upped or something. But he's just so very forgettable, which isn't helpful when you want to be an F1 driver and a successful one because you've got oh, to poor the Jesus. whole package. You know. So I think he'll just plod along and do what he can do. I'm not expecting anything fabulous out either of them. If mm. anything, it would be more Kimmy, but we'll just we just have to see, don't we? See if we tell do. you what, ask me next week if I remember who Jason Axey is, then I'll answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, we've got memorable. Yeah, we've got plenty of uh, races to talk about because we've come on, obviously, uh, Belgium being the first of a triple header of races. Yeah, so we've got lots to talk about and we'll we'll remind you of him next week. Maybe we'll get you to answer the question about him <laughs> next week and see if he has there a particularly go. good weekend. Um, uh, Williams then, let's talk about Williams. I don't think we've missed... Have we missed anyone so far? Should we, should we go on to Williams? I think... Uh, well, we've missed Haas. Uh, yeah, well, we'll oh, do Haas last. We don't last. really need to. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to but, Yeah, Haas will be last. Let's move on to Williams. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've done Haas. Um George, George Russell and Nicholas Latifi are going to be chuffed because they're, they're, they're coming in off a, a bit of a, a, a nice thing for Williams, uh, point scoring for both of them. Um, and obviously, we're just looking for that consistency. We've got the consistency in terms of qualifying pace uh, from George Russell. Um, do you think he could get points this weekend? Uh, no, I'm not sure this weekend. Oh. Um, as, much as, it, as much as I hate to say it, because I, you know, it'd be so nice to see him have those, you know, have more points. Um, I mean, you know, yes, obviously he got points in Hungary, which is a circle where you'd not expect to Williams to get points. But again, like Ocon, you deal the hand that you are dealt. I'm not sure if George Russell will get points this weekend, to be honest. Um, I think he might run close. He might end up running about 12th if we have perhaps a DNF or two, um, or it says like an almighty smash at the start. You know, if someone decides to send it down into turn one, mm. looking at you, Valtteri Bottas, um, <laughs> you know, it, you know, he might sort of luck into a few places. But as good as George Russell is, and and as good as the improvements that has made to that car, yes. I don't know if he will. Okay. Um... Okay, so let's go on to uh, make our predictions for the weekend. We'll go to you first, Joe. We want your first, second, third. First DNF uh, and number of finishes. I'm going to go for Stappen, Hamilton, Perez. Mm. Uh, I know. <laughs> DNF. <laughs> um, DNF, I think, is going to be Sonoda. And finishes, oh. I'm going 18. Okay. And same question to you, Tom. I'm going to say... Verstappen, Hamilton, shock. And I'm going to say what I said yesterday. I've got faith. I'm going to say Norris for third. 
And for number of finishes, I'm going to say 16. Mm. I think we might have a couple of smashes. Mm. Hopefully, oh, a couple. Bit of action. And um, yeah, well, you know, Giovinazzi's famously binned it twice at the same corner two years running. So. Um, it's plausible. Yeah, it's plausible. <laughs> yeah, entirely plausible. Yeah, and then with Mazepin around, anything can happen. <laughs> um, then first ENF on that note, Mazepin. Okay, And I'm going to go quite predictable as well, but I'm going to go the opposite way. I think Hamilton's got the upper edge over Verstappen here, just because the, I think Mercedes might be more dominant here. Uh, personally, that's my opinion. Um, so I think Hamilton, Verstappen, and then I am going to put Norris up there in third. Mm-hmm. Um, and then first DNF, I'm going to say Ocon because he's had that great win. There's always a, a big fall before oh, after a big win. So. I'm sorry. I, I, it's not a nice thing to say, but I think <laughs> that's, that's what's going to happen. Because um, uh, And he'll kick himself. And I'm going to say, what, 17 finishes. Okay, let's talk about the, the latest news. Um, me and Coops did have a conversation last week uh, that we recorded for last, week, last week's podcast about the cancellation of the Japanese Grand Prix, but we didn't tack it on to last week um, because it would have made the podcast like two hours long. So here's that conversation that me and Coops had about the Japanese, Japanese cancellation last week. What I want to talk to you about now is just before we go, uh, the breaking news from the paddock today is... And we thought this was going to be the case, but the Japanese Grand Prix was cancelled. We were expecting it, weren't we, Coops? Yep. Yeah, I think that was one of those. There was a couple in the bubble as soon as the calendar came out that we just kind of thought, oh, things are really going to have to change for that to happen. Mm. And Japan was kind of high up there. Uh, they'd been saying for a few weeks they hadn't committed to it. They were waiting to see what the, the effect the Olympics would have. And it seems to be there's rising cases in and around the area where the race is going to be. So, unsurprisingly, uh, that's off the calendar for its second year. Uh, mm. We'll wait and see what the, what the replacement's going to be. Because I don't think they've even announced a replacement for Australia yet either. So. No. Uh, they haven't, they haven't announced a replacement. Uh, we, we can only speculate at this, this point. But we think... Um, we've got no inside information at all. Um, it's just our best guess that there's going to be a double header at, at, at Circuit of the, the Americas. Um, there were whispers yeah. of it earlier on in the season, but nothing ever confirmed. Um, nothing confirmed from Formula One, but I think F1 experiences have had something mm. about a second race being called, being called like Dallas Grand Prix or something, right. or Dallas race. They're already kind of tentatively advertising it, which is, I think, where the rumours have kind of stemmed from. Yeah. So, again, it just depends. I mean, if Canada get, Canada has been cancelled, sorry, if Mexico goes, I mean, logistically, would it make sense for them to go all the way out to America to then have to bring all that back? It's, I think it's the logistics of it all. They'll need to uh, do more than one race, won't they, to, to, to make it justify the, the, all that kind of expense? Yes, they would just be in... Most of the drivers would love to be in America for, for about two or three weeks. Mm. You know, they, some of them are based out there. Some of them love it. Uh, just go there for holidays. Uh, I mean, I don't think we're going to see a new venue 
for any of the races that have dropped off now. I think what we're going to see now is we might end up back at Bahrain because you're going to Abu Dhabi the end of the year anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, it, you know, Australia and Japan, they're October, November time. Mm. So it makes sense to just kind of get yourself camped out in Abu Dhabi and Dubai for three or four weeks and fire in three or four races. As long as it's not a double header in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Please. Please no. Well, Please no. I mean, I say that, but they're changing the track. So potentially. Is, are the changes so, for this year? Yes. Oh, okay. So, yeah, because I, I, I've the, seen the changes. It's going to be a lot quicker, isn't it? Um, yes, they're, changed, they're getting rid of the chicane before the, you know, before the hairpin at the long straight. Mm. So that's faster. They're opened up the kind of, it's a kind of squiggly bit near the end of the lap. That's now going to be faster and they're kind of banking it and widening it. So it's a lot faster. Uh, whether that makes any changes to the race, Abu Dhabi's been a bit of a damn scrub. But then, with this season, French Grand Prix was actually a good race. Mm. So, yeah. you know, you never and know. And it might come down to the last race. Uh, so, Well, we hope, we hope the last couple of races. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it, it could be interesting anyway for, because of this spectacle that we're going to see uh, down to the wire championship uh, race. Well, let's hope so. But back to, obviously, the cancellation of the Japanese Grand Prix. Very sad to see off the calendar because it is a circuit that a lot of people do enjoy. And, um, you know, it's even just fun watching the fans, if I'm honest. You know, they're, they're always very committed to, uh, to, to, to to the Formula One and they wear those funny hats that they, oh, all, yes. they all make and they, they very get very creative and, you know, they're, they're very dedicated fans of Formula One. So I'm sure they'll be devastated that it's not going and we're devastated not to see a race there. And just to just to find out, I mean, it's a shame for Honda not to be able to get their foot there. But, you know, this is the last season yeah. in Formula One, and not to get a chance to say cheerio to their own fans and uh, attract that they own, mm. uh, if I'm right. So you know, it's a shame in many ways. But we knew at the start of the year that, as I kind of touched on, COVID's not away. So it's there were always going to be casualties of COVID over the years. So. And that's just how it is. I'd be surprised if there wasn't the same next year with a couple of things having to be rejigged. Yeah. Uh, it'll be a lot more normal next year, but I think there'll still be a bit of an after effect from it as well. Okay, so that was us talking about the Japanese Grand Prix. Um, who would you like to, what, what racetrack would you like to see replace it, Tom? I'd like to see a doubleheader at, at Austin, but with the second Austin race being a sprint race. Oh, sorry, sprint qualifying. Uh-huh, okay. You can't say sprint race. Joe, what would you say? I don't know. Um... One of the a randomised Sakia circuit. Mm. Have they not got about four different versions? Yeah, they've got a couple of them. <laughs> At least four. <laughs> so one of them just randomly picked out a hat. Go for it. Something different. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the whisperings of Indianapolis. Now that would be great. I'd, I'd like to see an Indianapolis race. Oh, I'd take um, that. Yeah. Don't know. I think we'll, we should we'll just see. put all the options in a bowl and do a live drawing, and it's like that's the one we're doing. And because we've still got is that, that you, is that what you do a car case show? <laughs> no, I was about to say that's exactly what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it! <laughs> in other news, Lawrence Stroll and Toto Wolff uh, might be in a bit of hot water. I'm going to leave this to Tom and Joe to discuss um, because they've got more information about that in front of them. What's going on, Tom? So, our man Toto Wolf, who obviously has got quite a strong connection with Lance Stroll, uh, not Lance Stroll, uh, Lawrence Stroll. Um, now, as, as everybody knows, they have 
quite a sort of strong involvement with both Aston Martin and with uh, Mercedes. So earlier on, well, last year really, when, when Lawrence Stroll invested in Aston Martin, both the sort of racing brand, which obviously where we've seen what was Racing Point and all the rest of it become Aston Martin F1, if you like. Uh, and, obviously, and obviously Total World has been involved with that uh, quite a lot in the past. Um, just looking at an article here, uh, in April 2020, Total Wolf purchased shares in Aston Martin Lagonda, which is people who are listening may not know Lagonda is a sort of like parent company, if you like, of Aston Martin. Um, it wasn't a huge stake, but not that long after the Aston Martin share price rose by roughly 60%. Not long after this, then, only a month later, in May 2020, the Mercedes AMG CEO, who had been there for 26 years, so not an insignificant amount of time, same amount of time I've been alive, just putting it out there, he left and then became Aston Martin CEO. Um, now, Total Wolf is actually being investigated uh, by the UK Financial Conduct Authority because Aston Martin is obviously a British-held company and they're listed on the London Stock Exchange. So he's actually... It's essentially, he's been suspected of insider trading, which, if you know, it's you know, if if he's found guilty or, or or if there is evidence to suggest it, that is going to be a serious penalty. And I and I'm not talking about an FIA penalty. I'm t- I'm talking about, you, you know, th- there's a potential of you know prison time or something with this. I will say at this point, these are just allegations. There was no confirmation of any of this going on. Um, these are this is purely speculation. These allegations and anybody can be investigated. Um, and also, the onus is on the financial conduct authority to allow it. But bringing this back towards Formula One, uh, Joe, if um, if the worst was to happen and and Toto and Lawrence were both banged up essentially, mm-hmm. who do, who do you think would take over at Mercedes? Because obviously, you know, I I, I don't think. Total will be able to fit an entire race weekend in, into his one day out of solitary confinement. Well, yeah, that's uh, that would be interesting, actually. I mean, even off the top of my head, I I don't know. I mean, who do you get to replace a man like Total Wolf? The only person I can think of who's in Mercedes would probably be James Allison, but he's stepping back exactly. Anyway. So you know, he's he's taking on less as it is. I'll tell you who who, who would be a real turnout for the books. Lewis Hamilton. Perform- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, no. Um, the former Ferrari team principal Ariva Bene. Imagine the scenes. Oh wow! Oh, wow. I mean, that could be an inter- uh, that would oh, be a very interesting podcast. Just imagine. <laughs> no, I know it, it wouldn't no, work. No, no, it no, would work. The thing is, I honestly don't see it going that far. There are far too many variables no. in this, and for a start, are the what they're looking at is flimsy at best. We're talking about two gentlemen that are quite open and honest about the relationship they have. They share flights back and yeah. forth to races. You know, they are working friends, if not more. Everything happened within a few months and Mercedes have made it. They've put, and I'm sure I read somewhere that they've put an announcement out um, saying that all of the correct, you know, they went down all the correct aisles Everything was disclosed when it was supposed to be disclosed. No one had access to, you know, future information, et cetera, et cetera, which is exactly what you'd expect them to say, even if, you know, they were being dodgy about it. Um, but oh, yeah. it's so flimsy at best that 
I can't see it going very far. I can see why they're probing into it, why they're having a look at it. I mean, it, like many things, could be suspect. However, um, yeah, I don't think much will come from it, to be honest. No, me neither. Um, I mean, I, I think it's just being investigated because it, because it's being flagged mm-hmm. up. But, I, I mean, this, this started taking place when the entire world was just really getting into the sort of pandemic that, that we're currently in. You know, we're talking about April 2020 and May 2020, yeah. you know, which is last year as it is. And, you know, a, a lot of places were sort of significantly locked down and all the rest of it then. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't see this as a, as a particularly sort of like major issue myself no, either. No, I mean, I can see why it has been flagged. When you add in the fact that they have that, you know, working relationship anyway, I suppose inside information could easily be, you know, discussed over a champagne on their way to the next race. Um, but it's so yeah. difficult to prove these things. It's almost impossible to prove these things, especially when, as much as we think this is large, large amount of monies, in the grand scheme of things, when it comes to these types of businesses, it's, you know, potentially pennies in comparison. So it's yeah. not, to them, it's not a huge amount. So I can't see it going much No, further. exactly. No, and we're not going to sit here any any longer and, and talk about it because neither of us are financial traders. I'm an, I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm an IT nerd um, by day, and then by night I sleep. Um, so just just one one other thing that that Tiller pointed out: um, we have seen the introduction of the um, of the overtaking Yay. award, which almost a bit ironically is sponsored by Crypto.com. <laughs> Um, given what we've just spoken about, so um, so so yeah, so um, Aston Martin put out a a thing on their on their social media earlier that Seb is actually leading that at the moment of all people. Um, who do who do you think is going to win that at, at the end of the year? Because for me, it'd be easy to say Lewis Hamilton or Max Verstappen, but do they actually do no. that much overtaking? Because no. they, they qualify at the front and then mm-hmm. they might overtake each other once or twice, but they're not going to like siphon through the field. This is one thing that I actually really like about this overtaking award is because it is going to highlight that midfield and the back markers more often than it's going to be our top guys. So the top of that field are forever getting um, news coverage, they're getting social media coverage all the time. And it's one of those additional things that's going to highlight the likes of our um, Giovinazzi's of the world that we tend to forget exist. Um, so yeah, it's I think it's quite interesting. They're going to get themselves a wee trophy at the end of the year for whoever gets it as well. Um, and I believe, if I remember correctly, we're getting some new fancy graphics, which we all love during the race. <laughs> now, now you, you, you may joke about that, but to be fair, ever since Liberty Media taken over and, and we had a sort of like redesign back in 2017, I want to say 2017, mm-hmm. 2018, around then, when the new logo and everything came in, I actually really like the, the, the new graphics and, and all the sort of like all the sort of other bits and bobs that, that we get on screen. Um, I mean, the tire performance perhaps is a bit to be desired. Um, it's a work in progress, is what I call it. Yeah, and and you know things are obviously always always going to have teething issues, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's never going to sort of like appeal to, to like the most sort of like hardcore of fan or, or perhaps the most old school of fan. Yeah, but. For, for for a more casual view, it's like when I watch the race with with my parents. Um, when I go back to see them on a Sunday, they they quite often sort of look at it. So I I I I, I think this overtaking award just in general is nice to um is 
there's much to say. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, <clears throat> being being fairly new to the sport myself, as you know, everyone knows, I am quite a rookie to F1. You know, coming from no background in it, no friends or family that enjoy F1, so I've got absolutely nobody to learn from whatsoever. I was completely on my own. And those graphics, I mean, they were basic when I first started, um, you know, not long after I first started watching F1, but they help. They really do help. Like you said, hardcore yeah. fans, I can understand why they have absolutely no interest in it. Even me now, you know, sometimes they actually annoy me and they get in the way of what I'm wanting to see. However, back when I was first learning about F1, they were helpful. a massive, yeah, they were a massive help for me. Um and I just love the fact that finally these guys that are doing these fantastic overtakes that sometimes we often miss because they're watching, you know, the front two just driving behind each other instead of all these fantastic overtakes that are going on in the, you know, the back of the grid. So these will highlight them, which I'm kind of hoping is going to make the coverage pay a little bit more attention to the back. Um, Sky used to do this amazing thing where you could multi-screen it so you could actually watch the live screen on one side and it's split screen, then you could watch on boards. Watch the drive on board, yeah. yeah. So last up until last season, we had that. So I always watched the race with the multi-boards, uh, <clears throat> sorry, multi-boards, the multi-screen on with the on boards on. So I got to watch all those amazing overtakes throughout the entire race. This year, they scrapped the idea. And I think this award is exactly one of those, you know, it's going to bring back those types of things. Or I'm hoping it's going to bring back those types of things. I just hope they don't bring out an award for absolutely everything and turn it too gimmicky. Yeah, it it does feel like it's getting to the point where I think they start adding anything more because we got awards for the fastest pit stop, mm -hmm. fastest lap, mm -hmm. um, most overtakes and... I think I think that's everything. There's nothing Your else. Your driver of the day, and then that's it. That's like it's not really an award, but to, you know to, that's your category. Is it then, yeah, and to be fair, driver of the day is is a fan voted saying. Um, yeah, I I, 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 I do yeah. I, I do agree with not adding anything else because you'll get gimmicky. No, I mean the good thing is the overtaking award. I presume from what I've read, anyway, it's a yearly thing. It's the end of yep. the season, so it's you know in the that's going to help it not become overly gimmicky or too much. Um, but yeah, I like it. I think it's ace. Yeah, me too. How many times do we think Mazatin's going to, Mazatin's going to get it? <laughs> I don't know. Can you lap yourself? Does that count? Well, if you lap so, <laughs> if you lap so and you overtake them, so. <laughs> okay, right, let's do that. He might get, you might get in like, I don't know, fourth or fifth then. Mm -hmm. Nah, that's a spin-off <laughs> before then. <laughs> So that's everything that we've uh, spoken to you about the Belgian Grand Prix today. Um, we are all looking forward to it. Uh, we hope you are too. Thank you very much for tuning in with us. Uh, we have been Everything F1. You, again, you can find us on www.everythingf1.com and, of course, on N Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube at the handle at JoinEF1. All that's left for me to say is thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed it. And we'll speak to you again next week. Bye-bye.